my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Nostin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having a blessed day today. I hope you guys had a good weekend and enjoyed Hagman on Friday. It was a good show with me and Doug. We got into a lot of different topics and pretty, pretty intense topics with a lot of stuff that's been going on right now. And him and I went back and forth on kind of what we've been seeing with this and what he thought, you know, has been going on. The same strangeness that I referred to last week as well with this whole uh, very coincidental timing with the bumbling buffoon that sits in the White House catching COVID all of a sudden. Now he gets to quarantine for 14 days while they either retune him or figure out a way to start phasing him out because he has become a very specific, very significant liability with what's happening right now, every time he talks, pretty much the entire country's like, what did he say? <laughs> I mean, it's all become a joke now. And uh, But in other news, it's very interesting but also troubling to me as we watch more and more, even in mainstream media now, like on Fox Mainstream News, which you guys know I'm not even a fan of Fox News. It's all – a lot of it's all controlled theater. Tucker Carlson did a article interview the other night basically on the absolute dangers and ineffectiveness – of this COVID shot that they're still trying to pump out there. Now, even though Fox puts out a lot of rhetoric and propaganda, in my opinion, it's very interesting that they chose to allow this to go out on Fox. Because it was, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it was pretty direct. Tucker Carlson went to a bunch of different research studies that have come out now in the recent history, showing not only does the shot not work at all, but it also massively lowers the immune system and basically massively increases your chances of catching other viruses because your body's so compromised and you know he also brought up the topic of the u.s government excuse me the uk government confirming that triple and quadruple injected individuals were accounting for about 91 percent of all covid deaths at the beginning of 2022 and we talked about that back in uh, april i think april may june whenever it was and so what's interesting about this is now the air force has now come out now last week and they are now stating that they are going to ignore the federal judge ruling and press forward with discharges. The Air Force made a brazen decision, which is quite seemingly commonplace now with the Secretary of Defense, the DOD, with Lloyd Austin. That guy such a – I'm not even going to go there with him. And uh, basically they're going to keep continuing discharging people uh, that refuse to be injected with this emergency shot that has now been very clearly shown to not work at all. Uh, but also to be unbelievably dangerous and deadly because they said, we can. <laughs> and what's interesting is there were even emails sent out now that have been screenshot that were directing um, all disciplinary actions. One of the emails that got screenshotted out now was from a Master Sergeant, Nick Cooper, and the uh, subject was, urgent ceased all COVID-19 disciplinary action discharges, importance high. This is back on July 14th when this came out, when the ruling came in from the judge, and it blatantly said that the TRO had been issued halting all disciplinary actions for the next 14 days. Well, 14 days after July 14th, July 28th, we're not even there yet. But yet they already are coming in now stating that, yeah, we don't care. You're going to have to get the shot no matter what. By July 28th, if you don't get it, you're basically booted out. Now, the sad part about this is, is I mean, we've gone into detail over and over and over again, so I'm not going to continue to beat a dead horse with all the interesting topics that we've brought up. But the fact that we know we were lied to the entire time now, 
we knew from the very beginning the shot was not something that was going to be effective. We knew that the mask didn't work from the research, yet they told us we had to get them. Yet you had Fauci and Burke and Lewinsky and all these guys proudly proclaiming that the shot that came out was going to be 100% safe and effective and everybody needed to get it. Even Biden made the comment on July 21st. You guys remember the quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, which we found out later on that was a complete and total lie like we thought. And that vast majority of people that actually contracted COVID naturally anyways recovered from it. But yet they're still currently now being told to get the shot. And I told you there's something in the works with this because there's a reason why they ordered another 100 million shots from Pfizer with a ceiling on the 300 million doses for, I think, a $9 billion contract. I brought that up repeatedly. Even though Pfizer is the same company that said, you know, trust the science. And we trust it so much, we're going to try to seal the document data from the shots for the next 75 years Well, for you know your protection. We don't want to let you know what's in it. And, of course, that federal judge overruled that. And what's interesting enough about this, though, as the VAERS report continues to climb at a rapid rate from this shot and people continue to die and have myocarditis and all types of horrific side effects, still you need to get the shot because science – now we have the World Health Organization and their infinite stupidity that they constantly pop up with all the time, with Chief Tedros, is now defying even experts are saying that the monkeypox issue is not severe. It's primarily among all homosexual men that can't control their deviant urges. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to make it a uh, basically a global emergency now. <laughs> they declared monkeypox is now an emergency even though the death rate of it is pretty much non-existent, and the only people that seem to be contracting it, like I said earlier, that genre of individuals. So what do they have going on behind the scenes? Well, I think a lot of it's smoke mirror theaters to keep people constantly focused on being scared while no longer constantly talking about why in the world even we should be scared. That's the problem that I have with a lot of this. It's a blind compliance of fear, which, by the way, fear is not of God in the first place. He's not giving us a spirit of fear. But overall, it's this blind compliance of fear. You need to be scared of monkeypox because it's a global emergency now. Well, why? Well, because we said so. Well, it seems to be primarily in L.A. and Israel and New York where a lot of these individuals are engaging in same-sex behavior. Well, it doesn't matter. You still need to be scared of it. I mean, we need to get the, you know, basically the shot now. Why? Well, because you should, because it's, it's science. But there's nothing to back anything you're saying right now. Nothing you're saying makes sense. It doesn't matter. That is the point of what they've done the entire time. And a lot of us joke about it and scoff at it because it is kind of funny to us that it's awake. But in reality, it's a very serious problem. Because from a psychological standpoint, what they're continually training people to do is to blindly obey anything they tell them. It doesn't matter real science. It doesn't matter real truth. It doesn't matter if there's any rationale to it at all. They're telling you, you have to be fearful of this simply because we tell you to be fearful of it. And then a lot of the mass herd sheeple sit down on the couch and they go, oh, my gosh. They read their hands together and they go, when's the next shot coming out? When can I get the next shot to be protected? Guys, they're currently right now injecting six-month-old to four-year-olds with Pfizer RNA gene therapy. And we haven't even gotten anywhere near the real numbers on how many kids this thing affected in the clinical trials that went for eight weeks long. All we do know is that there were 4,500 kids that started the clinical trials. Within eight weeks, by the end of the trials, there were only 1,800 children participants that finished. That is record number of dropouts in a clinical trial that only lasted eight weeks. We're watching that right now, yet that is getting zero coverage on any mainstream platform at all. 
Why? Because that is the one thing they do not want anybody talking about right now is what this is going to do to these young children from a health standpoint-wise, from an immune standpoint-wise, from a procreation standpoint-wise. There is no understanding at all how bad this shot is going to be for these young developing children with RNA gene therapy that has never, never been approved or used in human history on young children this age. Even a lot of countries are not approving anything under five. Heck, even Publix is stating we're not going to give this to children under five. This is not a good idea at all. Okay, so why is it still being done? You guys can figure out the answer pretty quick if you've done enough research on it. This is being used very specifically, in my opinion, to try to do everything they can to wipe out this next generation and cause so many significant health problems. Because remember, a lot of these kids probably aren't going to you know, check out right when they get the shot. We've already seen this with RNA gene therapy in the adults, the myocarditis, the blood clots, the neurological issues, the cardiovascular event, events all across the board. This is going to be something that's probably going to start causing record number of health problems, and in my opinion, it's going to cause record number of leukemia. Now, of course, they're never going to blame it on the shot. You're just going to start seeing the health problems go grow exponentially in the younger children with pediatrics. And they're going to say, well, we don't know what's going on with it. It must just be a side effect of them being exposed to COVID. They'll never, ever admit what they're doing. And that is why it is our responsibility and our duty here on this show and all of my friends and listeners who listen to the show that you guys get the truth out there on a regular basis for these shows, even if you lose friends over it. Sometimes that happens, guys. I've lost many of certain things. This is something you have to do because this is not a joke anymore. At the beginning, I had a lot of people argue with me on the topic. Well, you don't know. You don't know this. You're just speculating what the shot's going to do in 2020. And I said, okay, this is my speculation, and I will hold my ground on this, and I will bet you any amount of money this is what's going to happen. And literally every single thing we've said on this show since 2020 has come true with these shots and much, much more. That's not that I'm trying to brag or be arrogant about it because I'm not. I wish none of it would have happened. I wish I'd have been wrong about it. I wish the shot would have all been saline and nobody in the country would have gotten ejected with RNA. But they did, and they're pushing it harder and harder and harder now, even in these young children. And now they're playing this monkeypox game, giving people doggone smallpox injections, by the way, which I've talked about in detail. This is not an actual monkeypox vaccine. This is the actual smallpox vaccine that's registered as that because they are similar in some cases with the virus. Be aware, be vigilant, and continue to get the truth out there as much as you can with a lot of stuff that's happening right now because there is something they're brewing up on the back end with the WHO declaring this monkeypox emergency when there's not even the numbers or issues or hospitalizations, much less any amount of deaths to even justify this right now, especially in the demographic group that it's in. Wake up and see what's really happening behind the scenes and what are they using in this as cover for to try to make other people not talk about what's really going on. What do you think, Tim? Uh, well, the crazy part about it is, Austin, there's so many people dying now that the free, the free press can barely hide it anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, all these football players and all these athletes, over a thousand of these top performing athletes in the last year and a half have just either come down with debilitating heart issues or have died and many died on the field and collapsing on the field. And they keep saying it now, you know, sudden adult death syndrome. I mean, they come up with a new name for it. They always do that. And the problem is the insouciant American population is so stupid. And I mean, I'm not talking about you guys because you guys are brilliant because you're listening to the show. And you're maintaining, you know, your alt media presence. But there's so many people out there that just still listens to ABC, CBS, and NBC who don't read any alt media. And I hate to say this a lot, but a lot of them are the older people. 
I mean, they, they've killed the older people by the droves now with the shots and the vaccines and the, and the, and the hospitalizations and the social isolation and the remdesivir. And we've had literally millions of people, in my opinion, have been killed now directly by the treatment protocols that were used in hospitals globally. And this is the problem that we have right now. The people who are being killed, the older people, but a lot of the guys who really have a pretty high net worth and who've been in retirement phase now for many years and all they like to do is sit around and play golf all day and not pay any attention to what's going on in the real world because they're retired they're the ones that are really you know taking it in the neck and that and that wasn't bad enough now they've got to do it to the children and and this 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 attack by these spike proteins on the testicles and the ovaries is incredible and how it's going to stop ovulation stop sexual sexual secondary sexual characteristics all of this stuff is happening and it's all being brought to us again by the guys who are the Kabbalist Luciferians, who are the ones that are basically wanting to create a hermaphroditic species on this planet and reduce the population. Uh, you know, even, even Paul, if you look at the book of Romans, and, and this is important to really take a look at, you know, Romans chapter 3, you know, Paul basically is talking about what these guys are doing, and, and he starts talking about how they're continuing to sin so that grace may increase. And, and the reason they're, he's saying this is that the group of people that are doing this are the Kabbalists, those 70 elders, the teachings of those elders that basically met with Lucifer supposedly when Moses went on the mountain to, to meet with God. And, and let me give you, I'll give you a quote for quoted to you. Romans 3, 5. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath upon us? Because I'm using a human argument. Certainly not. He's disagreeing with that now. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some sandlandersly claim, these are the Kabbalists, now he's quoting them, that let us do evil so that good may result. Their condemnation is just. He's talking specifically about the Kabbalist Luciferians that are doing this and basically telling you that they need to continue to sin to resurrect their serpent god. I covered this in depth three weeks ago on a Monday show when I went into detail on the Kabbalah and its origins out of ancient Egypt. You need to listen to that show. I'll go ahead and post it again on the website so you don't have to look it up. It's important that we understand who these people are and what they do and, and what they believe. And when we get this, we start to understand, and I talked about it in depth yesterday when I was doing a sh another show, and I talked about how they hate children because children, in their purest sense, when they're first born, they're as close to God as they're ever going to get as far as in God's image. Now, stay with me for a second. Let me explain to you what I mean. The innocence of a newborn child, you know, the dependence that child has on its mother or its father, the inability of that child to even defend itself or to care for itself is as close to being with God as it's ever going to get. That's one of the reasons that these Kabbalist Luciferians hate the children so much. That's why they're coming after them with the kill shots. That's the way they want to make it part of the shot schedule. So these children will start getting this shot upon birth like they do with the hepatitis shot within the first six months. So they can go in and destroy the ovaries and destroy the testicles and destroy the secondary sexual characteristics so they can render them infertile so they can no longer have children. And they love to go after the little kids because it really upsets God when they do that. Now, some of you, many of you, most of you listening there today are parents. And, you know, I've got four children. Austin has two. And, you know, when you have a child and you realize the dependence that child has on you, and if you're a good parent, you're willing to do anything to keep that child alive, including die. You're willing to give your own life for that child if you really love that child because you know that that child is totally 100% dependent on you, and without you, that child can't live. 
Well, that's how God feels about the little children. That's why these Kabbalists go after them because, number one, their energy field that they basically release when these young children are killed is so pure still that they absorb it and eat it and live on it and all the other sick crap they do as far as from this human sacrifice they've been doing for thousands of years. But in addition to that, it really, really causes God great turmoil when this happens. That's why Jesus told these guys, these Kabbalists who were totally talking to him, he says, you know, leave the, he told them, leave the kids alone. You start messing with these little ones. He goes, I tell you, it'd be better for you if a millstone be tied around your neck and you'd be thrown into the deepest part of the sea than what's going to happen to you. Because God wants to protect the children. That's one of the reasons this Kabbalist, Luciferian, satanic cult that runs the planet goes after the kids like they do. And just remember that. It's really, really important. And, and then you got to look at all these people that are dying, all these kids that are coming down with myocarditis, all these athletes that are dying. Let me give a few examples. I mean, our free press can barely hide this anymore. In the United States, the former Eagles receiver, Charles Johnson, he dies at 50. I'm sure he was fully vaccinated. In Wake Forest, California, in Wake Forest, North Carolina, they reported Johnson's cause of death had not been released. College football news, former Notre Dame lineman Paul Duncan, dead at 35. South Carolina football great Phil Petty has died at the age of 43. Two Houston firefighters suffer heart attacks in one week, 46 years old and 24 years old. In Canada, three young doctors in the same Toronto suburb died suddenly after their latest boosters, four days after an ER doctor in Toronto died suddenly while jogging. Well-known Toronto emergency physician dies suddenly while running. Dr. Paul Heyman, chief of emergency medicine and program medical director at New York General Hospital, died suddenly on July the 16th. Three young doctors died suddenly in you know, Toronto. I mean, on and on and on. I'm going to post these, these articles. In Ireland, a family mourns its third loss in 18 days. Uh, warm tributes to Bochia champion Gardeth as family mourns third loss in 18 days. I mean, it's never ending. In Cyprus, they're dying. In Sri Lanka, they're dying. In Australia, they're dying. In the, they're dying all over the world, but yet the media wants to make it a sudden adult death syndrome, like it's something that's completely and totally normal and that we should just be happy that, you know, we're not part of that and that these people are dying for no apparent reason whatsoever. And then, and then, 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 then you know, then you stop and you look at it and you think, well, what the heck? Why are they doing all this now? Why are they pushing the monkey in a pox narrative that Austin so clearly spoke about for section, first segment of the show today? Because they have to have another boogeyman. Now it's the monkey pox. This is right out of the Daily Mail. It says New York City reveals that 95% of monkey pox patients in the Big Apple are basically men, basically gay men, and zero women have been infected so far. <laughs> I mean, the U.S. case tally reaches 1,470 primarily gay men. Nearly every single case of monkeypox detected in New York has been in a man. Not a single confirmed case has been in a woman. Nearly 60% of cases have been confirmed in someone that reported being gay, bisexual, or lesbian, and no cases are confirmed in a straight person. You hear that? No cases are confirmed in a straight person. This is from Daily Mail. And, and you think, what the heck, man? It's like Austin said, you know, if you got something like monkeypox running around, which is probably a side effect of the vaccine, honestly, from an apparent immune system, and, you, and you're looking at these people dying around you and you're queer, all right? And, you, and you know, and you're, you're queer. And you say, well, maybe I don't need to go out and have random sex in a bathhouse now with 20 partners next week because they may be affected with monkeypox. And maybe I need to try to control my sexual urges. I mean, duh. I mean, why can't they do that? I don't understand. You know, we saw the AIDS epidemic spread through the gay population like it was just running on, you know, on steroids. 
And we have to understand that these people are still pushing the hermaphroditic agenda. It doesn't make any difference if they basically are taking their quote-unquote friends with them. They don't care. They don't care because all they want to do is push that gay agenda. Breitbart came out with an article this week, and Sharon posted it on her ST Brower account. And there's this guy on the picture of Breitbart looking about as queer as he can look, and his name's Takika Wahiti. I'm going to spell it. T-A-I-K-A. W-A-T-I-T-I, way too many vowels. Blast critics of two gay Thor sequel were all queer. Let me say it again. This Marvel director, he blasts the critics of the, quote, two gay Thor sequel by saying, we are all queer. Unbelievable. Disney-owned Marvel Thor's Love and Thunder director, whatever his name was, took aim at critics who say that the latest superhero movie is too gay, declaring that we, as human beings, are all queer to explain his recent term to focusing his on LGBTQ stories and characters. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. And then, and then the, it got unbelievable blowback when fans came out and they were amazed at how much pro-LGBT content was telegraphed in the Thor sequel promotional materials. Because they're going after the queer gay market. And the sad part about it is, again, and I mentioned this to you the other day, and, I, you know, and I'm mentioning it again a few minutes ago. I'm going to mention it right now. It's the insouciance of the American population. They're going out. I did not know this movie was a queer movie. I did not know that, right? or I would not have gone to see it. I would not have done it because you know me. I walk out of them, and we were it, – it, 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 the, most of the queer stuff was towards the very end. And, but it wasn't like they were having guys kissing each other like that Liam Neeson did on one of his movies. Now, he didn't do it, but one of the characters did, and that pretty much has ruined his Hollywood career because nobody else wants to see an action-adventure movie with a bunch of queers in it. Just thought I'd mention that. And now you think, well, gosh, Ted, you sure are going after these guys this morning. Look, I, 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 I feel sorry for people that are gay, and I know they don't want me to feel sorry for them. They don't want my pity. I got that, all right? But they're walking in horrific sin. They really are. And, and, and it's a sin that's, that condemns them to eternal punishment. It says it in the Bible. They cannot enter the kingdom of God. So I feel horrible for them, and I want them to repent and get right. But this group of Kabbalist Luciferians who run the planet through the international banking houses and through the bloodline families, and you guys all see it, they don't want to be have us be straight. They want us back to Sodom and Gomorrah. They want that old world order back, yes, and they want it that evil. Another one. From Breitbart said, fans, cl- fans claim that Thor is gay as hell, this is a quote, after Love and Thunder trailer reveal Thor's gay, we won. What? Guys, listen to me. At one point in the film's trailer, Thor, Crims Hemsworth, Thor is seen star- staring, or at least he's trying to, in the eyes of Star-Lord Chris P- Pratt, which caused some fans to question Thor's sexuality. Remember what I told you? If you ever feel lost, just look into the eyes of the people that you love, Pratt's character says to Helmsworth's character in the trailer, to which Helmsworth reacts by staring directly into Pratt's eyes. I missed this on the movie. I really did. I wasn't paying any attention to it. If I had seen that in the beginning of the movie, I would have got up and walked out. And basically the guys started yelling and screaming who were watching the movie, and they started tweeting, Thor's gay awakening, another Twitter explained. Thor is gay. We won another reaction. So now they're going to make superheroes queer. We know that the star of the current the Superman, the current Superman character, uh, Henry Cavell, many say he's gay. So would many say that Captain America is gay? Now they're going to say – I mean I'm talking about in real life now, guys, not in the movie. Now they're going to say that Thor is gay in the movie. I mean it never ends because they're going to push this envelope and continue to bleed out all of these – these the, 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 continue to bleed out the Christian morality in the United States. 
you know, Victor, uh, had Orban, the guy, the head guy from Hungary, his, he's really got a news now. He got himself in, into a, uh, <laughs> into a, a, a giant mess right now globally because here's what he said. Now listen to what he said and let me, let me explain to you why I believe he feels this way. Hungary's leader, Victor Orban, bashed Western Europeans, which are really a bunch of weirdos, for mixing with non-Europeans and said Hungarians do not want to become a mixed race. Now why is he saying that? Does that mean that this, this Victor Orban is a hardcore racist? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean that. What he's saying is he doesn't want his culture degraded. degraded. He doesn't want to have his culture destroyed. You know, Solomon did the exact same thing. Solomon, who ended up turning into this Kabbalist, uh, the Old Testament Solomon, you remember him, uh, he basically brought in wives from all of these other nations. He had like 600 wives and 400 concubines or whatever it was, like a thousand different women that brought all of these religions and all of this satanic stuff into the palace there in Jerusalem. And he got swayed by these ladies. I guess they had some pretty good uh, uh, how should I say, uh, uh, pretty good abilities to twist it around. They were probably a bunch of witches. And, and what ended up happening is it screwed up Israel. It screwed up Solomon. It really did. He started sacrificing the children of Israel on the high places. That's what I believe Orban's talking about, not so much the human sacrifice of children, but the fact that he doesn't want his culture. See, the culture of a nation is defined primarily by the people of that nation and the borders of that nation. Think about it for a second, friends. You bring people in from other nations into other into your country, they no longer have the cultural resolve that we've developed as Americans over a period of 400 years in the United States. That doesn't exist with them. They have the cultural resolve that they had in their nation, and they bring it into your nation, and they subvert your culture. This is the biggest problem that you have with the people coming in from Central and South America, or, which are most of those are socialistic Marxist states, Marxist states brought to them by Operation Condor. And they were to bring that same Marxist ideology into the United States. I told you that story of a friend of mine who's a German, and he basically married a girl from Colombia. And, and she basically was a hardcore Marxist. And apparently he didn't ask her, her any questions about all this, and she hid it from him. And then she brought her over here, and then he became successful here in the United States, and she was part of the business. And yet she still hated the United States. She hated Confederate war memorials. She hated everything that was part of the United States. She brought her Marxist ideology into the United States and would have basically and was very vocal about that. He ended up dying, and and now, and, I, and I'm curious because I haven't spoken to her in years. You know, if she still has her Marxist ideologies now that her husband's not buffering her from the real world from a business standpoint. Guys, listen to me. When you have other cultures mixed with yours, and this is not a racist deal. I'm not don't don't put that on me because I'm not going to receive it. Okay. When you have other cultures come in, I don't care where they're from, they have to integrate into your culture. They have to become Americans. They need to have America as a language. They need to have all of this stuff set up for them so they have the ability to become little Americans. And my dad told me that. He says, Dad, he told me one time, he said, told me, he said, Ted, why do you think Rome fell? And I said, well, Dad, there's a lot of different reasons. I started giving him all the different historical reasons why Rome fell. And he goes, well, the major reason that Rome fell, Ted, is because they stopped raising little Americans. And I thought, whoa, dad, that's really poignant. That's really well said. And that's exactly what we've done. And when you bring people in from other countries that aren't little Americans, they don't bring an American ideology to your country. You don't have that. 
And you see that that's why these people that are dual Israeli or dual France or dual Italy or dual German or dual China or dual Russian, no matter what they are, anybody who's a dual citizen with any other country should not be allowed to serve in public office in the United States of America, especially in the Congress and the Senate in Washington, because they have dual loyalties. That's what Orban means by all this. But he's being slammed by this because he came out and said it. And said it. Now, I also told you guys that I was going to give you an update. My buddy Chris, who drove up to New York, he wasn't going to go to New England, but he decided to stop in New York, and, and he basically had his son drive a Tesla up. Here's what he told me. He said the Teslas have their own individual charging stations that are primarily just for Tesla. And the car tells you exactly where the charging stations are going to be, and it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to charge the car. He said they will tell you how many stations are available where they're taking you to if you have the ability to wait for five minutes or if you want to go to the next charging station down the road or in a different area. It tells you all that on the dash of the Tesla. Now, that's pretty good technology. i got to give you know Elon Musk credit for that one. But he said the other cars can't plug into the Tesla charging stations. They're for Teslas only. And he said they had no problems going all the way to New York charging their car up with Tesla. Now, that's, I'm letting you know what he said. So he said the problem is if you get one of these other vehicles that don't have the Tesla charging adaptability, they can't use Tesla chargers, which I don't think very many of them really do that, then what ends up happening, you can't find places to charge them, and it becomes a real nightmare trying to drive the car to someplace else to try to get it charged up and having to wait in a very, very long line. So he said. Now, it's interesting. My, my friend Tom, <laughs> good friend, good patriot, good Christian guy, uh, I asked him, I said, you know, Klaus Schwab, you know, wants us to own nothing and he wants us to drive cars like, you know, you know, Broncos and other types of things that basically will get very limited miles, especially if you're towing something with it. So I asked Tom and if Todd, Todd, if you have it available right now, I asked Tom to put together a little parody for you guys coming to you again as Klaus Schwab. Todd, could you play that for me, please? Hello again, my friends. This is Klaus Schwab coming to you from the World Economic Forum. I wanted to put a special message out today to all of you and let you know that we are moving forwards with our plan to make sure that you own nothing, but that you are happy, of course, and you will be. For example, we are bringing out the new Chevy Blazer that is electric. It will only cost $45,000. Of course, you will not be able to buy an internal combustion engine car because we will make sure that is legal. And you will have the benefit of going only eight miles between charges of your new Chevy Blazer. You can go on your vacations. It will cost you only $20 to go another eight miles. It's all good. You will be happy. You will own nothing. We will drastically cut down on pollution. And again, the most important thing is that we will be in control of your lives right here centrally from Switzerland. Won't it be magnificent? You will be happy. And we, of course, most of all, will be happy. Again, Klaus Schwab, Beating you out with the from Switzerland. And, you know, I played that parody this morning because I wanted you guys to see the irony of all of this stuff. 
These guys aren't going to be driving around in Chevy Blazers. They're not going to be driving that are electric powered. They're going to be running around in Maybach limousines or Rolls Royces. They're going to have their private jets or their G650s and all the different things that they fly around in. They aren't going to apply to the same rules that they're telling us to apply to, you know, and comply to. They're going to basically apply these rules to us, but they're not going to comply with them. It's like Austin has said so many times, rules for thee, but not for me. And this is the problem that we see all of the time when we have a group of people that are basically Kabbalist Luciferians that are running the planet who don't consider us to be human beings. And we've got to always remember that because it's always going to be about what they want to do. It's like Paul just said in the book of Romans, and I just read it to you. They said, should we continue to sin so grace may increase, or maybe it would be better for us if we continue to sin. It was all the same Kabbalist teaching, but you've got to see that in the New Testament over and over and over again. Wow, guys. Austin, what do you think? What's your next story? Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, Tesla has set up a lot of platforms across the country, and it's interesting about it, though, is that there's been zero infrastructure done to expand this. That's what I've said before. I said a lot of these vehicles, they're really cool from like a, you know, jacked up golf cart kind of standpoint. And you got to remember, Tesla's been working on this now for, you know, over a decade. This is this is technology that they've been trying to expand and spread. And not only that, they have gotten billions of dollars in government aid in order to expand a lot of this infrastructure that they have. But on top of that, too, a lot of these Tesla cars, they've been working on this for a while. They can still get, you know, good two, three, four hundred miles sometimes as far as charges. My whole point, what I told everybody before, that's good and great if you want to use it as a little commuter car. What happens when you get a F-150 Lightning and you hook up a little little camper to a little 20-foot camper to and you can go 88 miles between charges like they did in the real world? Well, that's obviously not there. And I've said this repeatedly to people. If there is a electric capability that's expanding and there is part of a market that people like that idea, that's totally cool. I don't have a bit of problem with innovation and adapting and bringing new things to market. I'm all about bringing new things to market. That's one of the biggest reasons why I've always loved the SEMA Auto Show out in Las Vegas. It's the largest aftermarket auto show in the entire world. And, I mean, they bring all kinds of cool innovation stuff. And on the second story, it's all brand new stuff that's just been patented that's coming into the automotive industry. Super cool stuff. But here's where I have the issue, is when you start having the government come in and tell you you're not allowed to drive the vehicle you have now, you can only drive the vehicle that we're allotting for you. We're going to ban your ability to drive the vehicle you want, and you're simply going to ban, and we're going to make you only be able to drive the vehicles that we deem okay. That is where the problem has arisen, and that is where there's a very big problem. Like Dad said, these guys run around their extended Maybox. They run around, and I think they have a Gulfstream 700 now I saw the other day. Uh, these guys fly around this stuff all the time. That's where they go. They got entourage to follow with them. They got fully hard-armored vehicles they drive around with everywhere they go. They'll bring a whole convoy with them in places that are already there. They don't, they're not going to drive around in a little EV car. They don't care about that because they don't have to. They're not going to because they tell you to follow something that they're never going to comply with under any circumstances. You know, you want to know how inefficient an extended Maybach or limousine that's fully up armored with, you know, with level four hard armor all the way around, weighs 25, 30,000 pounds, try to drive that on batteries, see how far you get. No, this doesn't happen at all. They all have extended fuel tanks and everything else on those cars. They can pretty much get out of a situation. This is something that people have to remember. So again, as we're seeing this, that was funny, funny little parody humor there, bud. 
is the truth about it is that's exactly where they're trying to go with this. Also, too, in other news, this is something I'm, I'm tied back into what I brought up earlier, so I want to make sure I clarify this. Breitbart just came out with an article first thing this morning, and it's pretty disturbing to me on the aspect of what my personal opinion is on it, but they brought it up, and I have to address it just so we're clear. Breitbart has stated that the CDC has made it known now that there have been two cases now of children that have contracted monkeypox, one in Washington, D.C., and one in California. Now, the part that's really disturbing to me about this is they admit in the article here that both of these children are traced back to individuals who come from a house where men have sex with men community, the gay men community, Walensky told the newspaper in the virtual interview. Now, I'm not going to go into speculation on what I think is going on in the situation at all. I'm not, I'm not even going to go there on the show. But it seems very odd to me how we already know the majority of this is spread, and we're now saying that two children have contracted it, and both children are living in households with homosexual males. I'm just going to leave it at that. You guys do what you want with it, but this is very sick to me, this entire concept that is rolling around. And again, this is why it's so important to protect these young children of what they're exposed to, of what they see. Like Dad just said, this whole thing with uh, – with with Thor, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, you're going to take you know the big strong Thor, and especially if you go from the very first one they made, from his behavior in that film, always want to fight all the time. Now you're going to the film where he's basically acting like he's a queer boy. It doesn't surprise me they're going to do this because remember, Disney. I think I think Disney bought uh, the the Avengers name, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't follow a lot of that stuff, but I think they bought it. It wasn't originally owned by them, but I think they own the rights to all that now. So what'd you expect? Disney's going to own it. Of course they're going to queer it up because that's what they want to expose the young children to. This is why a lot of these shows, you have to be very careful. Even a lot of the young uh, shows that the kids watch, like the cartoons, I'm very, very picky. I've told you guys that last week about what the kids are exposed to because all this stuff is very subliminal. A lot of it, they don't do it blatantly out in the open. They do it real slow, real subliminal, especially with TV shows. They'll wait a couple seasons or even just a couple episodes, and they'll start rolling stuff out into it. And basically trying to, oh, well, it's okay here. This, this is this is what's going on. Uh, don't don't worry about it, kids. You know, this this is what you like. This is the good stuff. No, it's not. Protect your children at all costs. Also, to another news, talk about Blackstone a lot of times, and BlackRock, and Vanguard, and State Street, and all these giant firms that are worth trillions and trillions of dollars. And what we're seeing now, and this is interesting enough. Blackstone is preparing a record $50 billion in essentially cash to snap up real estate during the coming crash. The two past months, we've seen a barrage of negative news focusing on the U.S. housing market. Is the U.S. housing crash started? Why is the housing bubble bursting? And basically all the stuff that's starting to occur right now. Now, you guys have to remember, if you go back to 2019, I think it was like September 19, the entire stock market, the entire financial sector was starting to already go into a meltdown. If you remember, they were starting to do quantitative easing and the the buyouts, the multi-billion dollar buyouts all, every single night, and pretty much the market was coming to a screeching halt. You can look at it if you want to look at the numbers like September 2019. And then, of course, you had COVID roll in in December and January with with China, and then, of course, you had all of the continual excuses why we need to start printing off trillions of dollars and start bailing out with billions of dollars. 
and handing people millions of dollars in loans and give them free checks and give them, you know, stimmy packages and give them unemployment, making more money in some cases than they were even making before they got an unemployment and, and, and. Well, now you're seeing, according to the Wall Street Journal now, the largest U.S. residential and commercial landholder, private equity giant Blackstone, is about to get even bigger. The Wall Street Journal reports that Blackstone's in the final stages of raising a new real estate fund that will set a record as the largest vehicle of its kind to find market volatility and crowded landscape for fundraising. The private equity giant sent a regulatory filing Wednesday. It is closed on commitments totaling a minimum of $2.4 billion by its Blackstone real estate partner, X. And according to the Wall Street Journal, they are bringing in another $30.3 billion when it is finalized, expected to be the largest traditional private equity vehicle in recorded history in just three months. Together with the funds dedicated to real estate, Blackstone will have a war chest of more than $50 billion to do so-called opportunistic investments, which tend to be deals in the housing market when things start to go kaput. This is what I've told you has been very strange around our area here in central Florida. There's big signs on subdivisions that are going in. They're talking about houses available for leasing now, rent to own, and all these other – and these are brand new subdivisions, guys. I'm talking brand new. I mean, it's a lot of half the subdivision isn't even finished yet. You start looking at it and you're going, leasing a house? Never even heard of such a thing. Rent to own, I've heard of that. Why are you going to rent to own if you're going to be getting in a house that's, you know, $300,000 and the market's halfway decent? You know, why are you renting to own? Well, the answer is this. They want to go in and buy up all the houses. They were, they've been doing this now for the last two years. They don't want anybody to have a mortgage because a mortgage is one of the one staples if you get into a house properly at the right price point and you take good care of it and you continue to maintain it in the United States with the way the housing market works in most cases and you get it at a low price, you'll be able to have actual, you know, a savings in the house. You know, you may pay $150,000, for a house back when you could buy one for that down here in central Florida. And, you know, I've talked to a buddy of mine the other day. He didn't refi because he didn't want to get wrapped up in any more debt because he's trying to pay his house off. He owes like 110000 left on his house. He said that's overall goals, knock this thing down and be done with it. And he said that way he always has the opening of, you know, basically a refi or something like that. If there's an emergency and he's got to tap into a credit line on his house, he can do so. And I said, well, it's not a bad idea. And so what they don't want you to be able to do that. When you're renting a house for two, three, four thousand dollars a month, you're paying 100% interest essentially. You're paying nothing. There's no principal. You get nothing back. You rent it for a year or two. You know, that $36,000 a year you've been paying is gone. And again, some people do stuff like that, and that's why I have encourage people, do your own research, man. If you don't know enough about a vehicle, please don't go to the dealership and go get bamboozled like a lot of these people are doing now with these twenty and $30,000 addendums. I talked to the Chevy dealership the other day, and these, these, people are trading in trucks left and right because the fuel prices. Yet six, eight months ago, you had four dealerships that were trying to charge people $100,000 for a $65,000 Lariat Power Stroke because of market adjustment value now they go to trade the truck in and they offer them 60 grand for it you know 5000 behind sticker 40000 behind what they paid for it 8 months ago and now these people are like dude how am i supposed to get out of this well that's because you bought something you should have never paid that much for so always do your research and never ever feel bad about asking questions or asking the opinion of somebody that may be more versed than you in a market 
Don't ever take the word of a salesman or a dealership because that's what they're telling you. I learned that a long time ago from dad. They're called car salesmen for a reason. They want to make the deal. You buying the car is based on their salary. They make money off of it. They're not going to tell you that that car is probably going to drop $30,000, $40,000 below the addendum price in six months because, quite frankly, they want to get the sale. And quite frankly, too, they may not necessarily know either what's going on with the market. But you can always tell when you start seeing things change. Be very, very cautious when you start having people tell you, you need to buy it right now. You need to jump on it right now, especially when it's at the peak, peak, peak of the market. That's usually the worst time to buy much of anything, Dad. What do you think? Well, the reality is, is that, you know, it took me a long time to find a good car dealership, honestly, and because uh, most of them are awful. They really are. Uh, but we have a really good Chevy dealership that we use that the people there are really honest, and they'll tell you right up front you know, what the pros and the cons are of leasing or buying or whatever else. But we're not trying to give you any any financial advice or tax advice. You need to talk to your CPA with any of the stuff that we've talked about today because we are not tax accountants. Always remember that. And the also thing, the other thing, too, is that if you find a dealership that basically, you know, is a good dealership and they're reputable, you got to understand something. They can't do stuff for free. That's really, really important because they've got to pay their staff. They've got to pay their sales guy. They've got to pay the management. They've got to pay the repair centers. All that stuff is, is a finely tuned work of how, of a bunch of different moving parts. And, and they've got to make money and they've got to be able to make profit. Otherwise they won't be there to service your vehicle in the event that you have to get it fixed. Just thought I'd mention that to you. So when, what I try to do when I try to work on a car deal or a truck deal, I try to make it as, as, as fair for everybody as I possibly can. If the dealership is willing to do that. Now, some dealerships, Austin's right. They're just a bunch of thieves. They really are. I went to a dealership years ago with Austin. Uh, we were trading a truck in. This is 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I remember the guy said, if you come to us, they'll give us a chance to give you a price on a trade on the vehicles. We'll give you a tank of fuel. Austin remembers this. And I, I said, okay, that, that's fair enough. I'll do that. It was a little bit of a drive, but we drove over there and we got there. They told me they, you know, it'd be an hour before they give me a, give me a, you know, the price. And I said, well, okay. So we waited and then they still wouldn't give me a price. They were trying to bang us and beat us and everything else. Finally, I asked them just to bring the view. Also, I can hear you breathing. Finally, I just asked them to go ahead and, and they basically bring the truck back that we weren't going to do the deal with them. And then they told me they lost the truck. I kid you not. We've lost the vehicle. We don't know where it is. And I said, okay, so the vehicle's been stolen. I said, all right, I'm going to call 911 now and get the sheriff out here so we can go ahead and get the vehicle, you know, back and see if we can trace it and find out where it went. Oh, my gosh, the car showed up in like 90 seconds, the truck did. Suddenly it wasn't lost anymore. This dealership ended up getting all kinds of trouble with the state attorney's office. They ended up getting closed down, and I believe the owner went to jail because of doing things like not paying off the trade after the trade was traded in. In other words, you, you owe 40000 on your trade. You trade it in. They're supposed to pay off the 40000 They weren't doing that. Three months later, the bank comes back to you and says, why aren't you making payments on this vehicle? Because they've never processed the paperwork and they've never paid off the trade. Oh, yeah, that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of dealerships out there that are really bad. But if you find a good one, preferably somebody close to you that you can have service done with, stick with them. Build a rapport with the general manager. Build a rapport with your sales guy. Let them know that you don't mind be coming back and being a customer, but you, they've got to be careful with you and treat you with respect and not try to gouge you. And if you get a good dealership, they won't do that. However, again, like Austin said, they are a lot of, there are a lot of them out there, especially right now with the used car market and with these addendums. Personally, I would never, ever buy a car from a dealership that charged an addendum on a new car. I would not do that. I would just say, no, I'm going to pass. Because, again, you can't get that money back. 
you know, when you go to trade it in. It's just money out of pocket that you're going to have to pay. By the way, you know, last year we talked a lot about the Robert E. Lee statue in New Orleans that was being taken down and how, as I mentioned earlier, the Confederate war memorials were being taken down and how the person that I knew from Columbia basically said that they needed to be put into museums as artifacts and how they should not be uh, you know, used as something that should be out in the public square still, regardless of what state it's in. Well, New Orleans, which has become extremely liberal, they decided to take down the, New or- the Robert E. Lee statue in New Orleans. Now, this is going to be troublesome to you, but it's not going to surprise you. Here's the article. It's, uh, it's basically the pagan statue that replaced the Robert E. Lee statue. This is an article by Tim Brown. And it says, this is how Christians in the U.S. have allowed pagans to rob them of their culture, their morality, their history, and soon will be looking to rob you of, and us of our lives. The city of New Orleans pulled down, very cowardly, pulled down and removed the statue of Confederate general and a true patriot, Robert E. Lee. They placed it with a pagan statue made by Simon Lee, which depicts, now listen to me, <laughs> a woman-like figure with a snake wrapped around her. Isn't it interesting to any of you guys how basically this snake always ends up showing up, like in the ancient Egyptian mythology, which we talk about all the time, the serpent. They want to resurrect their serpent god. The statue by Simon Lee named Sentinel was finished in 2021. It depicts a snake wrapped around the slender, spoon-like body of a female. The entire statue is made of bronze, which is characteristics of Lee's art. It was unveiled last week at the Yugati Circle, formerly known as the Lee Circle. It was placed there as part of the Prospect New Orleans Triennial, which is celebrating its fifth edition and ended last weekend. Wow. Think about this. They have put up a satanic statue with a snake depicting Lucifer, or they call him Einsoff, in New Orleans. Now, whether this statue is there permanently or temporarily, who in the world knows? They took down the Confederate war hero, General e. Robert E. Lee, and basically put up a, a Kabbalist serpent statue and a snake. I mean, I, I, I sit here and I read these articles, and I'm dumbfounded by it. And you think, why in the world did New Orleans allow this to happen? Because it's what I've told you before. The city is compromised. The leadership is compromised. The, uh, the city council is compromised. Whoever voted for this is compromised. And that's why I say we've got to start back at the ground roots level with the cities and the counties and the states to take our country back. Because if we don't do that, what's going to happen? It's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. We've got to understand that. We really do. Ron DeSantis understands that. He came out with another article this week. And he, came, he actually preached or talked this weekend. And he says that we will put on the full armor of God to fight leftism. He goes, our rights come from God. That's Governor DeSantis said over the weekend he's prepared to put on the full armor of God to fight against leftism. The popular governor made the comment during his speech Saturday at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Conference where he received several standing ovations. Dan DeSantis said he plans to lead the charge in fighting the left's schemes. It ain't going to be easy, he said. You've got to be strong. You've got to put on the full armor of God. You've got to take a stand. Take a stand against the left schemes. You've got to stand your ground. You've got to be firm. You will face flaming arrows, but take up the shield of faith and fight on. Now, you know, here's the thing. This, this article, what he's quoting out of is Ephesians 6, which says, put on the full armor of God. So you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Remember the Lord's prayer. Deliver us from the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, you got to realize, you know, he has beaten former President Donald Trump in a recent 2024 straw poll. And he's basically hopefully going to be president of the United States. And again, I say this very, very carefully in how I say it. I hope and I pray Santos is OK. I hope he pray, pray he is who he is. I hope and I pray he doesn't have something in his background that really is compromised. I really wish he wasn't so pro-Israel. I really wish he hasn't been seen and taken pictures of at Israel at the Wailing Wall. I really wish he had not brought his entire cabinet to Israel and his promises undevoted support to Israel. It seems like that's something that you have to do in politics in order to get ahead. Trump did the same thing. Here's the issue. Is he going to support Israel over the United States' best interests? I don't know. Or is he doing all of this as political theater and he's really going to be a wild card like Kennedy was and do what he wants to do when he gets into the White House. I hope he wins. I do. Because I don't want Donald Trump back in. I really don't. And I, and I really don't believe Biden's going to run again because I think he's so senile at this point. I don't think the Democratic Party will even give him a chance. But now Hillary's talking about doing it again, and she'll be in her 70s, late 70s when she's running. And so you have to stop and think about all this stuff. You know, we need some younger leadership up in Washington. We really do. That's what Kennedy was. He was younger leadership. You know, we need people like, you know, Austin, you know, running for president. We need people like DeSantis running for president. We need people that are willing to take a stand and do what's right in God's eyes in the event that they're put into a situation where they have been compromised. Now, do they have DeSantis on tape? I hope not. Do they have him doing things he should not have done? I hope not. Do they have him someplace, you know, that they can control him if they put him in the power? I hope not. But, but we don't know at this point, do we? Because we were all sitting there going rah, rah, hoopla for Donald Trump. And it turned into a giant disaster for everybody. The problem is he won't go away. Now, his latest speech was when he goes to Washington, he becomes president. He's going to drain the swamp. OK, I almost I almost I almost hurled, vomited, threw up when I heard him say that again. I became physically nauseous. I thought to myself, this guy lied to us. and came in and put all those Goldman Sachs people in and put in all those CFR people in and put all the same people that were in the swamp. He fed the swamp creatures. But now if he's reelected president, he's going to drain the swamp. But did he pardon the January 6th patriots who came in there to support him? Absolutely not. I love you guys. We had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. You guys mean the world to me. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And the reason why you can pretty much find out really quick how you know Trump's not being legit with everybody is he would say and start pushing exactly, exactly what Dad just said. Instead of this platform, I'm going to drain the swamp. Listen, dude, you already lied. We already know that's not happening. If he came in and said, listen, if I'm elected, you have my word. I will be pardoning and releasing all of the individuals that have been charged for January 6th, walking into the Capitol and having trespassing charges and denied bail for over a year while they're basically being investigated. This is, this is one of the most abhorrent things we've ever watched from the Department of Justice and the FBI. People that walked into a Capitol building, news flashed to everybody 
the Capitol building is technically owned by we the people. If the government is a government by we the people, there is no such thing as trespassing on Capitol grounds. Correct? Prove me wrong on that. So here's what we have happening. So again, continue to listen to actual truth and see people by their actions and what they do and how they actually stand up and what they back, my friends. Thank you again for the continued support of healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the hyaluronic acid, helping out with joint fluid, supports joint mobility, helps also out with wrinkles and skin care. Really, really good product. Be sure to do some research on it on their webpage on sale right now, along with the Ultimate Multiple Powder on sale till the end of this week. And also, too, be sure to vote for what you want to see Wednesday. It looks like the Attention Factor and the Purple Sticks, both of those are going neck and neck, which not surprising. Both of those are incredibly good at keeping you frosty. So stay strong, my friends. Continue to get the truth out there. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.